welcome to the Womb Wisdom Podcast. My name is Holly Lever, and I'm the owner and operator of Rosebud Wellness, where I practice women's holistic health, utilizing acupuncture, Chinese herbalism, yoni steaming, and Arvigo abdominal massage. And I'm also a mother to a 14-month-old daughter. This podcast will be part information on women's holistic health practices and part conversations with women who are mothers or hope to be mothers on their journey through menstruation, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and motherhood. Please enjoy. Thank you so much for listening. So yeah, once again, Holly, thanks so much for taking the time to kind of meet today. Um, so like we're meeting here and ideally a non-distracting space. I'd like to say that you're taking this time to kind of really be away from anything that could take your attention away. I know stuff happens, but this is your time to really um, kind of focus on yourself, do some self-care. Um, really so that we can be present with this story that's invisibly sitting between the two of us, right? Um, one that you've been carrying with you and one that I will soon have the privilege of being able to listen to and be part of. So before we begin, I always, as you know, like to kind of take three deep breaths together to just set ourselves in this space. So just wanna close your eyes for a second. Just like a nice, let a nice deep exhale out. And three nice breaths together. Good. Then when you're ready, you can go ahead and open your eyes. So um, Holly, I'm just gonna take down some basic details for this. How old are you, Holly? 37. 37, all right. And this would be for your first baby, correct? Yes. Good. Was that also your first pregnancy? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, and did you take any kind of childbirth preparation, uh, childbirth prep courses or anything for this particular birth? Uh, yes, yeah, one. Mm -hmm. Okay, Do, is it, was it like through the hospital or Actually, you know class? what? I, I did take two kind of things. Um, yeah. No, it was at a, um, I don't exactly, it's like a center for like a bunch of doulas work there and okay. things yeah. like that. And then I took a... Um, an online course okay. that was this woman who mostly works with people that want to have home births. Oh, so was that Marin's class or was it another no, one? No, I, that, this was before I found Indie Birth. I'm sure okay, I would have been cool. all over their stuff when I was pregnant, right, but it was, exactly. I just yeah. hadn't found them yet. Um, yeah, but her name awesome. is Corinne Brown. Um, okay, she's cool. in Canada. So great. All right. So you really, it looks like you prepared well. You were working to, you had a vision for what you wanted, didn't you? <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, and how long ago was this, uh, this birth? Um, two, almost two and a half years ago. It was March of 2020. I think we mentioned that I have a March baby too, a March 13th baby. <laughs> yeah. She's the 16th little Pisces. Yep. Little kids. Pisces kids. Yep. Oh, they have their ways, don't they? Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, my oldest is the, is the Pisces. Um, and then, okay, so birthplace. So did you have this baby at home in a hospital birth center? Uh, she was born at my house. At your home. So it was a home birth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And we'll get into that, I'm sure, but just one to clarify. And then um, what's the baby's name? Malia. Malia. M-A-L-I-A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, is she well? and everything good with her right yeah. now yeah she's good. great yeah great. Awesome. she's too so she's there's she's a lot too. of emotions oh, she's but... <laughs> there's a lot 
yeah they're starting to really identify like who they are and put boundaries up and all of that totally so. yeah she's yeah. very opinionated yeah. these days yeah they find their voices these little mm-hmm. ones <laughs> I could talk now great I'm gonna tell you everything totally okay so um as I mentioned before, kind of we're meeting in this space together and I like to set the beginning of each of our sessions with some kind of intention. And um, intentions are a little bit different to a goal for me. Like a goal is something that's like I put up that's kind of intellectually driven, that makes sense. Um, Instead, rather than that, I want you to think of like an intention as being something that kind of bubbles up from within you. Um, because a lot of the stuff that we're going to be working through today isn't going to necessarily be it's going to be something that's heady for us but it also kind of digs deep so the way i'd like to phrase this um is if this session is helpful or you find it beneficial to you what would be different what would change and another way to think of it is that when i reached out to you and i said hey holly do you think this would be of interest to you? Do you think you'd find it beneficial? And you said, yeah, actually, I think it would. Um, what were you thinking might actually be helpful about this? How would you know that it had been helpful? Does that make sense to you? Yeah, um, it does make sense. Um, I think anytime that you've, give space or words to experiences it's helpful just kind of like in and of itself to like have a new realization or um maybe potentially think about it differently um so I guess I didn't really have an expectation in in that moment but now when I'm thinking about it I mean ideally I would like to feel that I could go through the birth process again and not feel so powerless, feel like I could do it again. I mean, I would say that part of my hesitation about becoming pregnant again is is just about like having another kid to navigate and like, can I do that and all of that. But I do feel intimidated by the birth process still, even though like, Outwardly, I had a really like straightforward, awesome home birth. Um, I know that internally, yeah, I felt really powerless at at times during it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess I would, I would like to feel that it could potentially be different, um, maybe after processing it. Yeah. Right. So when you say you would not feel powerless. Would it make sense if we were to put frame this in a positive, mm. you know, kind of tone that you would feel empowered, right? Mm-hmm. Moving into moving into potentially another birth. Would that would that resonate with you? Absolutely, yeah. And that's a good point. Okay. I think I think of things in like a this is what I don't want, um, right. rather than this is what I'm, yeah, trying to cultivate. Yeah, yeah. yeah what we're moving towards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just to say that as someone who's been with many women through their births, you were very right in noting that what people see on the outside often looks one way. And what we experience as birthing people moving through that journey often feels very different. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important to kind of recognize that that's very, very um, common to experience. And it's wonderful that you kind of acknowledge that for yourself that like, hey, just because people saw it one way doesn't mean that's how it necessarily unfolds. I know I've experienced that myself. So mm-hmm. good good on you for giving yourself the space to do this and realizing that it's a beneficial process. Um, it really is. It's really helpful. Okay. So um, with that in mind, um, I'd like to move in to kind of an overview of your labor. So how many hours overall were you actually in labor? Just overall. Uh- yeah, five and a half hours. So five and a half hours from when you thought maybe things were starting to when you had baby in arms. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. You're like, yep. That was you very fast. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's that's pretty quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So during those 
five and a half hours, there were a lot of conversations, different decisions, different feelings and events that happened over that period of time. And I acknowledge, we want to acknowledge that each of those is really important and they're a marker and kind of the unfolding of the entirety of how your birth journey happened. But today we're going to have, like we had an entire birth story session, it'd be one hour. So imagine that we have 30 minutes and we want to get closer to that intention, to acknowledging and kind of completing that intention of you feeling more empowered, right? Moving into your next birth. Um, so instead of giving me every single last detail, if you could give me like an aerial view of what happened during your birth, and then we'll come back to the conversations that seemed most important to you. For now, I just want to know the gist, like how long, where, who was there, all of that good stuff. Does that make sense? And yes. I can guide you along the way if I think that we're kind Tell of me going, if I'm, to the, yeah, going into the weeds. Yeah. If we're getting into the weeds, I'll kind of just draw us back. I just want to acknowledge that that's not to say that it's not important. It's just that I want to make sure that we cover all of the pieces that are really going to be helpful. Yeah, sounds great. Okay, cool. Great. So go um, ahead. Yeah. Okay. So I started feeling cramps um, and then I got out of bed and I took a bath. Alone. Was this at was this at night or in the morning? It was like first thing in the morning. I, I can't remember now if it was five, five or six. Yeah. It was the in morning. the morning, right? Yeah. Early in the morning. I got out of the bath. I texted my midwives. I told them what I was feeling and that I had already had uh like my past my mucus bug. And they just told me to try to go back to sleep. And I was laying on the couch trying to do that, but it was too intense. So I downloaded this contraction app. This is, this is relevant to the story. No, that's fine. I don't know if I, I think I'll wait till the end to kind of say like what the theme of all of this is to me. No, that's fine, um, yeah. But yeah, so I downloaded this app and as soon as I, was putting in how frequently I was getting them and how long they were lasting for. It was like, go to the hospital, go to the hospital. And yeah. I knew that I wasn't going to the hospital anyways, but that was just kind of an indication to me of like, you're kind of close to having your baby, which seemed surprising to me as a first time mom. Um, and so then I went into the bathroom and I needed to go to the bathroom several times um, and I stayed in there and I called my doula who lived very far away. Um, so she, you know, I, I got to the point where I couldn't really talk to her through contractions and she said she was going to come. So she did, but it took her an hour to an hour and a half to get there. So I was just alone in the bathroom that whole time. And then my husband woke up at some point and he kept like kind of coming in the bathroom to check on me, but I did not want him to be around. Mm -hmm. um, then my doula got there and she was in the bathroom with me. I don't know how long, but hours uh, just giving me water. I wanted to stay on the toilet. I felt really good. Um, and then when my midwives got there, um, they told me, I can't remember how long they were there, but they wanted me to get to the bed to check like how dilated I was. And I didn't want to go. I wanted to stay on the toilet. Mm -hmm. um, but then she did check me. Um, did she check you on the bed or did she make you, did she, was she able to just say like, if you stand up here, I'll try to check you from the toilet. No, I did go to the bed. Yeah. Okay. Which was not far, but I, yeah. it was, I remember it being really painful. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And, um, then I didn't want to leave there either. I don't know what I wanted to do. Maybe I wanted to go back to the bathroom. I can't remember anymore, but they wanted me to get yeah. into the tub that, cause I had set up or my husband set up a birth tub and, mm -hmm. um, I, you know, when I was pregnant, I wanted that and I knew that water always really helped me with cramps and just like alleviating all sorts of things. So I didn't want to mm -hmm. go in there, I think, because I didn't want to move. Um, and then I was in the tub. Um, and I remember thinking, and there's a video of me saying, 
that I feel, I felt like nothing was happening, like that I was pushing. Um, and it felt like, you know, you're used to like having a bowel movement or something and it's like you push and then it comes out, you know? Um, but with labor, she was just, you know, moving down slowly. And, and so this is when you, this, so did you move to the tub um, before you were pushing or after you started pushing? Do you remember? I mean, I was pushing on the toilet. I had the okay. sensation to push. Um, and that's, I think why they wanted to check me. They wanted to make sure that I was fully dilated. Do you um, remember what the um, results of their um, vaginal exam, their cervical? Yes, I was were? fully, fully dilated. You were complete. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and do you remember if baby was low or anything or I, they didn't tell me anything tell you anything about that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, perhaps like they, honestly, perhaps they did. And I just don't remember. All I remember or, is or perhaps they didn't because oftentimes they don't, they, it's, it's, pro- they process it for themselves, but they don't really understand yeah. that they, that that would be helpful to you. So, yeah. Um, I mean, and I think so- that maybe if I hadn't been as dilated as I was, like sh- maybe they wouldn't have shared that with me either. Um, I think she was just like, you're ready to push, like go for yeah. it because I had that sensation anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm pushing in the tub. I was, um, kind of like, not really squatting. I was like on my knees, like leaning over the, um, side of the tub. And, um, that's pretty much, I remember saying at one point, like, I can't do it. I don't think I can do this. I don't, I, and I felt like it wasn't that I felt that I couldn't handle the pain or the intensity. It was that I physically felt like I could not push her out. I felt like I was not, um, having, yeah, successful, my pushes were not doing anything and they reassured me. Um, and then eventually, um, yeah, she, I actually was on kind of on my back ish in the tub, uh, when she was actually born. Um, I do remember, that sort of like relief sensation of her coming out. Yeah. Um, and then like, yeah, when she came out, just like looking at her to make sure she was okay and had all her parts and whatever. Yeah. Um, I can hear her coming. Okay. Um, and then I remember like, yeah, there was this like moment of like amazed and like, she's amazing and like how much hair she had and just very emotional and awesome. And then I can't remember exactly how long it was, but it came time to like, kind of think about getting the placenta Mm-hmm. out I can't remember if it was because they wanted me to get out of the tub because it was going to get cold for me and for her um, but I got out like with it still inside yeah. um, and I said something about like being afraid of passing the placenta mm-hmm. and just like you there's a video of that where you can see on my face like just little girl like I can't do it kind of thing mm-hmm. um to pass the placenta out because of, yeah, like just being so, um, recently having given birth, um, not wanting to have anything passed through there ever again. (laughs) I I did say, um, prior to that, I forgot about this, but I'm never doing that again. That was like, rather than thinking, holy shit, I'm awesome. Like, I can't believe I just did that. And my baby's perfect. And this is so cool my first thought was like, I'm never doing that again. Kind of, um, that was just like, I don't even know what I was thinking at that moment, but I know I said that. And then I did get onto the bed and I think there, she, one of the midwives did like a little bit of traction on the placenta and it came out like right away and it was fine. Um, yeah, that's pretty much. Okay. Yeah. 
and bleeding was fine afterwards and all of that good stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, no, no issues. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, that's perfect. That's awesome. So for this particular time that we're spending together today, we really want to look at one moment. And this is sometimes challenging for us to kind of put boundaries around a single moment. So I'm going to give you a little bit of an example of what, how you could imagine this. Okay. Um, so like on the day that you were in labor, there were a lot of things that were said. There were um, a lot of memories, there were conversations, um, things you ate, when you drank water, when you moved locations, when you called, all of these different bits, right? Um, and some of those memories are easy to remember, and some of them you kind of we kind of try to piece together in retrospect. But all of these memories, I want you to imagine them, are strung together on like a beaded necklace, right? Like we like you may have made with your daughter. We may not have made them with her yet because she's so tiny. But eventually, she'll be stringing beads on there and making sweet necklaces, or like we used to do when we were kids. Mm -hmm. um, so each bead represents a moment, a decision something was said it was said someone who arrived a visitor something you were excited about and maybe something that you wish hadn't happened or that had been done differently so today we're going to be looking at one moment and that means one bead one memory that either you try not to think of, about or that you think about all the time but you really can't be at peace with it so like one bead that's in this long necklace of memory beads. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. So I want you, if possible, to pull that one memory off the string and describe what's happening in that particular moment to me. Yeah. I mean, the thing that stands out the most is the feeling like nothing was happening. Okay. Um, I guess it felt like I wasn't strong enough or my body wasn't capable. I wasn't trusting of the process um yeah you know I was kind of wanting to control it like I'm pushing so hard why isn't it working um right yeah so what I'm hearing you say is reminding me of something that you said when you were going through your overview that you were saying you were pushing in the tub and you said the words you asked or you said, I don't know if this is working. Was that what you had said? Like, I don't know if this is working. I feel like nothing's happening, I think. I but feel like nothing's yeah. happening. Yeah, but that, I feel like nothing's happening. So that's mm -hmm. what you said. And so mm -hmm. if you were to take a chosen moment and there's all this stuff that goes along with it, yes. And so that's what we're going to kind of get into. But if you were to take one of those beads, would that bead potentially be that moment when you said, I feel like nothing's happening? Yes. Okay, all right, wonderful, beautifully done. It's kind of hard to pick those moments out because they hold so much for us. And there are a lot of those that we always wanna look at, but picking one out really can help us kind of make the connections throughout the rest of your birth eventually, right? Okay, cool. So now what we're going to do is take a slightly different approach to this. And when I did birth story, I did a birth story listening session with mine, it helped me to close my eyes for this piece. You could decide if you want to, or you don't want to. So what I'm going to do is to ask you to describe your chosen moment in a slightly different way. This time, I want you to imagine that you are like a talking fly on the wall, or you're like, someone just kind of like taking notes like a reporter in the corner of the room, right? So you're kind of a fly on the wall watching this happen. And I want you to tell to me, tell me what happened in a present tense. So we talked about everything as it had happened. What I want to hear is that chosen moment in the present tense as if you were a fly on the wall. So you describe the room and the place, 
everything that's going on in that moment, like you're in the water, what the water feels like, the position that you're in, who is part of the chosen moment, where those people were in relation to you, just so there's enough detail. So as if I were actually painting it or drawing it out, I would actually have enough detail to do that. Okay. Um, but saying it in the present moment, this is why sometimes to feel into it, it can just, it helps to just kind of shut down the eyes. But if that isn't helpful to you, by all means, you don't need to do that. Okay. So tell me, if you were to tap in to this moment right now, today, and tell that bead to me in the present tense, what's happening? Okay, I guess I'll start with like where everyone is. Yeah. So there is like a room divider thing. And then in the center of this small space, there's the birth tub. And then behind the birth tub is my husband. And the two midwives are next to him on the other side. And then my doula is over here on the other side of the room. And then I'm in the pool facing my doula. And the water feels warm. It's not like a temperature I would prefer <laughs> a little too cool um and I I don't feel relaxed I feel yeah just like my muscles are kind of clenching I feel kind of like dehydrated but not like my tissues feel dehydrated or something. Um, and yeah, I feel like I don't have enough energy or like contractions aren't um, yeah, they're not strong enough. Like I'm having to exert so much effort myself because my body feels like it's tired and dehydrated and yeah so when you said these words, I feel like nothing's happening. How long had you been pushing? Do you remember? How long have you been pushing at this point when you say these words? Do you even know? I mean, I know that I was only in the tub for 45 minutes. Yeah. You've at this point you have only been in a tub for a short period of time. Our our sense of time, of course, when we are laboring is very altered, right? Mm -hmm. And so then you just say the words come out of your mouth. I feel like nothing's happening after one of your pushups. Is that what? Okay. I mean, it's yeah. It's been like after I've been maybe several pushes. Yeah, several that. pushes in the tub, but it's after a single push. You're like, you're, you tell, you say, I feel like nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hear that because it's really helpful for us to have some sort of feedback that what we're doing is working especially in a situation where you've never done this before. Well, and my, uh, one of my midwives said in that moment, um, like very calmly, every, everything that you're doing is, I can't remember exactly how she said it, but like that it, 
it was getting me closer to her. Like it, it's like yeah. things are happening. It's just takes time kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And did, do you feel like that helped you when she said that? I think, yeah. I mean, I can't even remember in the moment. Um, yeah. But I, 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 yeah, I don't want to get like too off track, but. Yeah, no. Everything that they said really did help me. Um, when I was doubting myself, they were just kind of like, really, you're already doing it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you have this kind of. So during these moments, we have these internal dialogues that we carry on with each other, right? Um, and I kind of just want to kind of like acknowledge this kind of what you're experiencing right now, that you have you who's doing all of this work to try to bring your baby out. And you have all of this lovely validation from people, but something inside of you is giving you a different message than what they're giving you. Mm -hmm. Does that resonate that like something inside of you is saying like whatever they're saying out there is completely not true. Yes. Like I'm not like, like it's yeah, whatever what's happening right here. I'm you, you still feel like you're not trusting in, in what your body is doing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm so are there any like, I'm, I'm trying to pick out like a few like rules or things that you might have in your life that you know, that might have been applied here. And I've heard you say the words like, not strong enough, right? So do you have a rule that you're familiar with? Mm -hmm. that you need to be strong. Yeah, I mean, that well, I'm a bit more about that. Or how or how would you how would you phrase that? I would say that my entire birth story and a theme of my life is always looking for external validation of like, am I doing this right or well <laughs> or whatever, just needing somebody else or even like with the app, with the contractions or you need to go to this location or you're, you know, it was, I don't have that internal this is right for me. I'm going to do this because I know that this is, even though I feel very connected to my intuition, yeah. I still require a lot of external validation right. to like confirm it or something. Even with so having a home birth, you know, it was like, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. But then whenever I would be met with doubt, um, it didn't feel like I'm so rooted in like what's right for me. Like, I don't care what you say. I always would get kind of like, oh my God, you know, should I, is this wrong? Am I, this is dangerous? You know, even though I know that's Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. Yeah, no, because there, there's often this disconnect between what we intellectually believe. And so the rule that you're bringing up is a very common one. Right. And it's this kind of like look to the outside for expertise. Mm -hmm. Right. So knowledge is on the outside. Knowledge, what you need to know, isn't really like, or knowledge is from up here, not from in here. Does that make sense? There are two kind of related rules. So what I'm hearing is look to the outside for 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 validation because you can't trust yourself to be right about this. Mm -hmm. And that there's a related one that comes up about birth. So the awareness and the knowledge that what we need to look at for validation isn't up here for ourselves in birth, it's actually inside. So there's this deep gut knowing that is not really supported by Western culture. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So this kind of inner knowing that's like, yeah, like, this is deeply rooted in ancestral knowledge and the fact that I am a birthing person or if you identify, you identify as a woman, you know, I'm a woman. Women have done this for thousands upon thousands of years. Compare that to kind of this intellectual knowing or this, you know what I mean, where people like have these, like this knowledge that's, that's more in their heads, right? That is accepted in society. Mm -hmm. 
So do you hear those two rules coming up there? That like, yeah, sure. yeah, trust outside, don't trust yourself. And let's go a step deeper. Whatever that gut stuff is that's going on, it's inferior to kind of general basic and like intellectual expertise and knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And you did all of this work, right? I mean, I hear all the preparation that you did. And you told me at the very beginning that like you knew that like I'm putting on this app, like this is not like you knew you were like, hey guys, something's going on. This is not, you actually felt like this is really happening quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I was doubting it based on my knowledge that first time labors right. are slow or <laughs> take a long time. Right. But yeah. your inner wisdom actually had a voice there. Mm-hmm. Do you hear that? Yeah. She was sure. telling, so she's so there mm-hmm. and she hasn't, she hasn't left. She's there. Well, and honestly, I, I wanted to stay on the toilet and I kind of, I, I mean, it's not like a quick labor is like better or whatever, but I, I believe in like physiological processes taking the time that they need. And I do feel that I was comfortable in there and I felt Mm -hmm. relaxed, like in that position of sitting on the toilet and also that it was dark and small, um, I just and wonder. These are intuitive, yeah, these are intuitive places to be in. So again, the thing is that when women are laboring, we are in a different space. We tap, we're laboring from this hindbrain space. We're not laboring from the frontal cortex. Like, like legit, like this is shut off. This is why I don't want anybody asking my moms who are laboring questions. Mm-hmm. Ask partner or ask me because I don't want her coming out of her labor land space, especially in a physiologic birth, because that's where you go. You knew where you needed to be. They were trying to get some modern knowledge by checking your cervix. Mm -hmm. Now, what they could have done is say, I'm just watching Holly. She's listening to her body. She knows what she's doing. Mm -hmm. But the vast majority of midwives Nowadays, even the ones who are trained over here in the UK, as long as, if they're not really rooted in this kind of outside of the medical model, they want that data. Mm-hmm. And so you, and, and we are very easily convinced to do things when we're laboring, okay? So in a way, you knew exactly where you needed to be, but it's really challenging to go against, like, an authority's requests like that when they're kind of telling you, Hey, it's important that we do this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that if I had had the awareness to say like, could you check it here? I'm sure they would have, but I didn't even, didn't even occur to me. Like you're saying, I wasn't there. You weren't in that space. Yeah. You weren't in that space. Right. And I wouldn't actually expect you to know that perhaps a doula could have said something or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but my point that I want to show to you are all of these different ways that you did show up for yourself. Like in ways that like, if you, if you look at it from up here, from just your head, it's like, we just see all of these, like, oh, I, like, it's too hard. It's really hard. I don't think I can do this. Now let's be very clear. I've so many women say this in one of Marin's videos, she actually said, yeah, that, it's her knife baby. Does that totally, make sense? Right. And I love pointing this out because I'm like, when we're there as women, it's actually just another gate we go through in this labyrinth of birth. It just is right. So not to use that as don't, don't, don't think too much of that moment. I do see kind of how this is representative of this larger story for you. And we come to this next point in birth story medicine kind of listening session. So we look at whenever you think of this chosen moment, taking thinking about it now, what is it you tell yourself about yourself? And so if you were to take everything that we've talked about, 
and say like, what is it that you, because what we do is we use these experiences that you're talking about, this bead that you have of saying like, I feel like it's not working. We use that as evidence to back up some self-limiting belief or limiting self-belief. I have one in my head for you, but I want to see if you come up with one first that might be, that might be good. Yeah. So what is it you believe about yourself inside, right? Not up here, but inside, right? Because that happens. Yeah, I think it's, just that I'm incapable, that I can't do things on my own. Right. Yeah. That's basically what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to sit with that for a moment. I mean, that's big. That's something that is probably like, that's something you've been, that we've been conditioned. You've probably been conditioned to kind of need outside validation and support for a large part of your life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I want to acknowledge that getting validation is a human quality. It's important to us as humans. I know that we say that we should be able to just like do things with our own confidence and all of and, and all of whatnot, right? But really and truly, like it's important to know that what we're doing is working, that mm-hmm. what we're doing is, is helps, especially as a first time mom, I can see why that would be very helpful. I remember needing to do that myself. And then I also want to back that up with what I said before, that for someone who tells me, who's telling me that she didn't, she always needs that validation, there is definitely a part of you that was, that didn't need it. And if she had been alone, like you wanted to be alone. Yeah, you had that. Does that make sense? Like she was there. You were just kind of, you ha- you were navigating a situation that really a woman, you know, it, it's really challenging to navigate from a physiological place. So when you're in kind of physiological birthing place, when your mind is in that different space. Well, and I think, I mean, whatever about yeah anyway I I hadn't found all of this like free birth and the things that indie birth Mm -hmm. you know they're not like only talking about free birth of course Um, but just this like birthing from an empowered place I think that we probably would have had different conversations prenatally that maybe I could have said something like I'm really in touch with like my inner knowing um like can you I don't know I don't even know what it could have been but like giving me space like maybe they would have already had that awareness of like she doesn't want us to like I I wonder if maybe they thought I wanted that data you know like they thought I needed that much reassurance because yeah. of the way that we interacted prenatally and probably right. at that point in my life I I kind of did need that but Maybe you did. but yeah and it's just... also yeah and it's also I mean were they the reality is like I said that you like what they're bringing to the experience is also really important that really and truly like it is very standard for a midwife to recommend that does that make sense yeah and so it's one of these things that like it's almost an assumption that they make automatically that they need that information and therefore they'll be able to do the the cervical check and that's just it is what it is so um yeah I mean we can always look back in hindsight and say well what if what if what if right yeah um but just looking at this limited self-belief right now, kind of what you would tell yourself about yourself. Do you see how it's not as like, like you really can't tell, you can't use that as validation anymore. Like you can't use that as proof. Mm-hmm. It's no, it isn't really proof. Like this is, this experience is not proof that you can't do it for so many reasons or that you, that, that you don't feel like you can do it anymore. 
because you did and you're like women you know it's it's a natural place to be from and you were trusting yourself at many different times it's just the situation you were in kind of those moments when you felt empowered even when you hadn't learned of all of this stuff Mm -hmm. It, 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 you weren't um you weren't held in that space does that make sense like those moments where you were empowered and you were touching into it those weren't kind of no one went with that for you they kind of just assumed something different was wanted yeah like right. you said maybe that was and maybe you did give a different message who knows but the reality is that you could always come back and say well I mean you wanted to birth at home so could they have had conversations with you about really coming into touch with this deep place of inner knowing and all of that? Does that make sense? So we can go in circles all day long and it's like a revolving door, right? A victim, judge, victim, judge, victim. And the reality is that none of that even matters. We can push forward and say that limiting self-belief that I have always had, like that that I thought was showing up in this situation, there's actually someone else there. There's actually something else there. And it's that you, Holly, you know, you really, you, you were, you were tapping into this piece of yourself really beautifully that you never had to tap into before. Yeah, that's true. You were. Yeah. Yeah. I think you rock another word. Yeah, you will rock. You will rock this next birth when you when you decide. And I'm not saying that. Um, and this is kind of dro- dropping off kind of the um, birth story medicine piece because the limiting self beliefs the last step that I've learned. But just as a doula, right? I'm not saying that those ideas won't come up again, right? But what might be helpful is if you choose to have a doula whoever else you decide to support you if you decide to have any kind of clinical support there right um first of all if you want a midwife you can choose a midwife who kind of really like who's more on the indie birth realm of things does that make sense so you're just like no I'm not going to do any checks I don't need to I'm, I'm listening to your body mm-hmm. right and also have these conversations I'm really honest. Say, listen, some stuff came up in my first and I really feel like I need external validation. I'd like to be able to receive that from a confident place without actually having to look to outside knowledge. So to say, someone to look at you and say, Holly, you are an amazingly wise and strong woman. You've got this. I know it's the hardest thing you've ever done but I'm here with you and you're doing this, right? Just very calmly and very resolutely tell you, like, I hear what's coming up. I hear her voice and I'm telling her she's safe and she has a strength in her that could only be proven by the fact that she's done this before. Yeah. And how does that feel hearing that? It feels good. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah, I, I appreciate, I guess, like authentic, um, I'm trying to think of how to word it exactly but I really don't do well with like BS kind of like you can do it like based on nothing. It's like this, like deep, like you did this and you can do it because I know you specifically and you, you know, like it just feels more like personal than this sort of like, and I'm not saying like like my other midwives felt like they were cheerleader or whatever, but like that doesn't really no, I, I totally get it. I told, and that's the thing is that you would need to sit there and maybe if you had these come if you like choose a midwife that was really more, that was really well aligned now that you know, kind of like what kind of support, but best work you, you would work best with. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And have these conversations with that person. If you have another doula, right. So, Hey, with your doula, say, Hey, these are the things that came up for me. And I really, this is what works best for me. But the other thing that you want that person to have, it's not just trust in you 
but it's trust in birth. It's trust in the process because they're trusting that whatever you're doing and your body's doing is just part of this natural birth process. And they don't need validation from anything else. What you, you are the expert. Does that make sense? And so they're trusting in your own expertise match with their trust in you as Holly. Like in, in a woman's expertise in her own body, plus in you and your ability to do this really as a way of authentically and beautifully supporting you yeah. so that you can't, so that you can be vulnerable because you don't want to necessarily get into a place where you can't be vulnerable. Does that make sense? Like yeah, that's, for sure. Yeah. Like you want to be able to say like, oh my God, I don't know if this is working. Right. Like that's okay. That's not a problem. It's the story that's behind it that complicates things. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Was this helpful for you today? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I you think your sister be, could benefit. Yeah. I think she could. So I will, I'll send her your email. Yeah. Just send her my email and, um, yeah. Hi, sweet girl. Are we you talking about you or Malia? You're Malia. Aren't you? This is Malia. Hi, Malia. Hi, Malia. She's trying Malia. to get off here. Are you, do you want milk? Does yes. she still, does she still breastfeed? I'm trying to do it less, not during the no. day, but <laughs> all you have to say is yes. You do not have to validate it again. No. You don't need my approval to do that. Yeah. No. She still nurses. Yeah. It's a great way to soothe them at this age. Yeah, it really is. And to get her to kind of focus and connect. It's, it's helpful for them when they start, I'm going to, I'll turn this off here off the, off the, do you want me to send this to you? Sure. Yeah, please. Yeah. Okay. Is it up? Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And also don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified of future episodes as they're released. You can also find us over on Facebook at the Womb Wisdom Community. And also you can find out more information about the offerings that I have at my business, Rosebud Wellness, on my website, rosebudwellness.com. I offer acupuncture and Arvigo abdominal massage sessions in person in Thousand Oaks, California, which is in the Los Angeles area. And I also offer virtual Yoni Steam consults, if that's something that's interesting to you. And also you can find uh, the Yoni Steam herb blends that I offer on the Rosebud Wellness shop at rosebudwellness.com shop. So thanks again for listening. Till next time.